Our next guest on the bat around is an old friend of mine, and his name is Bruce Bouchel. He's written extensively uh, for GQ, Esquire, Vanity Fair, New York Times, many, many others. Those are all meant to impress our listeners out there. But joining us now in the bat around, Stan the Fan and Craig Heist, is my friend Bruce Bouchel. Bruce, how are you? Uh, I'm sitting shiver for Edwin Diaz. Oh, you mean you had? Oh God, okay. You had him in <laughs> your fantasy. That, what was okay. his pr- What was his price? You had him for like three dollars? No, no. I had him for a good. Pr- I had him for nineteen. Nineteen, but that's still a very good price for him. But he earned, I don't know, between forty and fifty. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my I God. mean, he was in fact the only person that I knew last season who got me eleven points all by himself. Yeah, yeah. He had a, an incredible year. I'm sorry, I did not know that. I did not. I didn't remember it. Uh, no. No. The reason we had you on, though, you've written a piece for Fantasy Baseball Magazine on yeah. 15 ways to make baseball more watchable. And by more watchable, you're talking specifically about on television, correct? I'm talking about television. I'm talking about baseball is not as boring as television would have you believe. I. I have to admit, you've been preaching this for a long time, and I've sort of like shrugged it off, but I have to be honest with you, with game times sort of in the three-plus hour, I think there are a lot more interesting things they could do. Is it a cost factor? And we'll get into some specifics, but do you think it's a cost factor or just, well, this is the way it's done, like a lack of creativity? I don't think it's a cost factor because, Home teams play 80-some games at least at home. At home. So if you have to add another camera, um, you can amortize that over a whole season. Right. Uh, I don't know if it's the cost, but, of course, another camera means another cameraman. Mm-hmm. And there are unions. So it does cost more money. Um, I think it is partially from tradition that it's done. I think the games, as you're saying, three and a half, four hours, it's really exhausting for the director. I, I mean, it's not an easy job to begin with. You never know where the ball is going. You never know where the next camera is. So it's really a hectic profession. And they rely on three or four basic shots that they just keep going back to. Well, you know, again, like you mentioned, you're talking about more cameramen and things of that nature. Obviously, games in the postseason, games that are nationally televised, uh, World Series, things like that, they always have those extra cameras. But but they're I probably mean, not going to be as experimental in the World Series right. as they are in the All-Star game. I understand that, yeah, yeah. right. But, uh, you know, your basic four, you know, either one of the two camera wells uh, – a first or third base shot from the mezzanine level, your center field camera and you're up high behind the plate. Uh, I've always thought that that gives me a pretty good perspective. Well, yes, they're fine, but there can be more. Fox during the World Series used uh, three or four more cameras than normal teams do during the normal season. Mm -hmm. Um, And every time a left-hander gets up, a batter, do you really have to see the same shot of him from the same camera 
right. all day long. I, I'm the my I think overall main complaint is that camera from center field. You see the pitcher, mm-hmm. the hitter, the catcher, the umpire. That's about I I'm guessing sixty percent of the game. They really just go to that, and it's a very safe shot. You you argue a really good point on that that the the when you to, total up the time that that camera's in play, it can be nearly an hour of just watching the pitcher, the catcher, and the the you know. Yep. Yeah, but I don't. Well, have, I don't really have a problem with that because that's the essence of the game and what's going on. But, you might not be able to tell velocity, but uh, of a pitch or something like that. But they—that's why they have the speed gun at the bottom of the screen. Well, when somebody's at a game live, as far as in my anecdotal little uh, experiment, nobody's ever bored, and nobody actually stares at the pitcher sixty percent of the game. There are so many things going on in a ballpark, and you're saying that that's where the main action is. I would love to see the defense. The defense is always changing, and now more than ever, I'd love to see where the shortstop is. I'd like to see what the right fielder is doing. I'd like to see what the on-deck batter is doing. I'd like to see a whole lot more things than just kind of lazily focusing on the pitcher. Like, by the sixth inning, how much of the pitcher have, have we seen? And one of his jobs is not to emote, is not to tell the batter or the base runner what he's thinking about. So there's not a lot of action on his face, and if I, that makes any sense. I think, I think you make some interesting points. I mean, the thing that we love about the game live is the geometry of baseball, the different angles and, uh, and all that anything can happen within that, that diamond, and yet all we see are the same three, four angles. I, I think you make an interesting point. You, one of the points you make is yeah. how staid the, uh, the managerial shots are and how boring they are. Well, there are very few managers who are uh, – rather animated or want to let you know. I mean, they can't show uh, disappointment when somebody grounds out. They can't let the pitcher know that they were really disgusted with that pitch. So you go to them Earl, and... Earl Weaver used to let you know that. Yeah, can you, can you imagine Weaver being interviewed in between innings? I mean, you know... <laughs> No, it would be great. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it would yes, be it would be great, but that goes back to my point is that you don't know how many managers really hate that aspect oh, of the yeah, they of detest they it. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not suggesting I mean that's not one of my ideas to interview people in the middle of a the game. Their minds are elsewhere. They're they're right. not very verbal sometimes. They don't want to give away things that I mean other people are listening also. I'm not saying that, but they could do pre-game interviews mm-hmm. you could talk to a, uh, a base runner about stealing bases on kluber mm-hmm. and during the game when he's on first base you can play back that interview they don't do a lot of work like the up close and personal stuff that you get in the uh, olympics or super bowl mm-hmm. before the game begins they're all there they're talking to the players why not? Why not just video some of it, or even audio tape some of it? And when the moment comes, we can hear somebody speak to it. 
Well, you you mentioned a couple ideas that I find interesting. One was the ump cam, uh, and the other was the use of the box score. Can you talk a little bit about those two, Bruce? Yeah, sure. The ump cam is just a generic way of saying there are little cameras. There are GoPro. My friends who skateboard or surf, they all have their own cameras that they mount and they can use. And none of the viewers would be offended if it wasn't exactly correct or if there was a little static. Right. But there are cameras that are no bigger than the phone that I have in my hand that could be on somebody's helmet, that could be placed somewhere safely. And whenever you want to, you can go to it. So that's really not an expense because there's no cameraman and it's not an expensive piece of equipment. Um, That's a very inexpensive piece of a GoPro, yeah. I've seen in Little League um, umpires put a camera on their helmet, mm-hmm. and they give them to the kids when the game's over. And it's really cool. It's just a different angle, and there's no reason why we shouldn't see the pitcher from the catcher's point of view or the batter's point of view. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, uh, the second point yeah, you mentioned was the box what? score the box score box scores uh when i turn on the game or i walk away from the game and i come back and it's the fifth inning i would love to see on the right hand side or scroll across the bottom like all news shows do just the basic box score what's happened up until that moment when carlos santana comes up to bat Put up a box score, and we'll see. Oh, he's zero for three with two strikeouts. Well, I think a lot of I think a lot of uh, local regional broadcast uh, entities do that now. I mean, you'll see on Mass in here locally in the Baltimore, Washington area, uh, a whole list of the lineup with uh, on the on the right side two for three RBI, you know, one for three home run, that kind of thing. And and I, I you know, Fox does it a little differently. They will have a line score for or in, in a box score type of thing for each individual batter that when that guy comes to the plate, they'll scroll that underneath it. Yeah, I see that most most commonly that they will give you the information about the guy at bat. But it yeah. would be nice to know who's coming up next and if the guy behind him is has three hits or if they're walking him. Just like just a, a a viewpoint of the whole game because I think everybody grew up on box scores well, or maybe know, not. I, yeah, I you know, know, that's interesting to me. I had my, I was sitting with my cousin and his girlfriend, my cousin Stuart, who, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting with him and his girlfriend. His girlfriend starts sort of, obviously it's something she's thought of before, but I'm scoring the game in the stands and she said, well, what does that mean? And what does that? And I started explaining it to her. Then I sort of, went up back up to the press box, brought her a couple box scores and said, if you want to try and score a game. And she now likes to score games. She had never scored a game. She's probably in her mid fifties or something like that. I wonder if that many people, especially young, younger people today, even know how to score a box score, know what a six, three really means or a, you know, an L nine. I don't think they do know it. I think a six, three is your starting guard. <laughs> on uh, 
Touche. Touche. No, I don't. No, no. I I don't. I don't keep a scorecard, but it's really different yeah. than than looking at the box score at the end of the night. Oh, you're or, saying okay, the box score. All right. I, I, okay. I oh yeah, no, it's a very sheet. passive thing. If yeah. somebody wants to keep score, bless them. Yeah. But yeah. just just seeing, you know, what you, what the team. It's like all the runs are scored in the from the bottom of the order. Or if, you know, the yep. pitcher's line, the announcers can't keep saying he's given up three hits and two runs. One of them was earned, blah, blah, blah. So just put it up there. You don't have to say a word. Have you and, noticed, by the way, excuse me for one second. Yeah, have you sure. noticed how box scores now have started to shrink? And I'm not just talking about spatially. They're giving you less information today than they did a year or two ago on pitcher performance. You don't see whether they've given up a home run, what their ERA is for the game. Right. I, I just uh, – anyway. Well, I remember no, I, I remember just, with I, the, the Baltimore Sun when I was growing up, yeah. uh, the, the box score itself was just the at-bats, the runs, the hits, yep. and RBI. That yeah. was it pretty much across the – you know. I, I always thought that I could tell exactly what happened in the game from a box score. You check out who scored – and who had hits, and what pitcher was in for how many innings? You can you can pretty much tell who gave up the home run to whom. Um, you saw the attendance. You saw the number of pitches. Um, I, I I can glean I think a whole game from a box score. Yeah. T- tell us before we let you go, Bruce. And we're talking with Bruce Bouchelle, who's written an article. That's available. Is does Fantasy Baseball Magazine have a website where people could read this? It's not out yet. Okay, you're you know you're so you're got, way ahead of the I'm game. Way ahead of the game, man. I think it comes out right after the Super Bowl. All right. I think the Super Bowl is the beginning of baseball. I may get you to autograph my copy of this. Then, in that case, can I put an X on it? Uh, yes. I'm not real good at. Yeah, I understand okay. that. Hey. The Troika, your number 12, is higher. Keith Hernandez, Ron Darling, and Howie Rose to announce every game in every city. Why do you think they're so special? I don't hear Hernandez that much. I hear Darling on his national broadcast. I think he's terrific. Um, they really cover the waterfront. Hernandez being a hitter and a mm-hmm. fielder. Darling having been a pitcher. Howie Rose, just the smart guy. Um, who eggs them on. So you get every angle. They can be critical without being cruel. They bring a certain obvious expertise to the game, and they bring the real world into the game. If it's the eighth inning and the score is 12-1, to Darling will say to Hernandez, what are you looking for here? And he'll say, I'm looking for a good Pinot wire. I have one back in the hotel room. (laughs) And then they'll just talk about wine. For a little while, right? Um, but they're constantly bringing uh, other sports, other arts into their commentary, and they're just very calm about it and very insightful. Uh, it's not—they're not homers, um, but they're not um, distant either. They know the players, and they like—and they call them by their first names. They can just be very critical in a very positive. Uh, neutral way. There, there's nothing wrong with that, uh, especially guys on a local broadcast who make you feel like they know the players individually, mm-hmm. 
but also at the same time saying, you know, you know, you can't make a play like that in this situation, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. I, I think that's pretty important to any broadcast. All right. Brucey, it's a yes, ple- pleasure to have you on the show, and I appreciate it as always. It's fun being there, and nice meeting you, Craig. Uh, yeah. I'll see you soon. All right. Thank you. 15 okay, ways. Bye. Thank you. 15 ways to make baseball more watchable in parentheses on TV. Interesting, right. interesting discussion. Yeah, and some interesting points from him. Not all that I agree with, I'm but not, you know, no, you don't but, have to. But uh, you know, from a from a TV standpoint, I think it's come a long way, and uh, you know, certainly money factors into some of what he's talking about in terms of camera angles and budget and stuff of that nature. But I mean, I've seen over the course of the last ten, fifteen years, they'll stick a a little camera in the ground in front of the plate, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, or out in front of the pitcher's mound, the same thing. You've seen, uh, I think, one of the great angles in in baseball now is the left field angle at Fenway Park where the camera sits on the roof roof, and you see balls that are hit off the bat Mm -hmm. and you can can, check the trajectory of it right over the green monster.